hello and welcome to episode number 42 of Bitch and Brew, the first episode of 2020. Um, this is a podcast about music, life and everything in between, although it's it's mostly music. Don't don't tell anyone. There's not much about life or any of the any of the bits in between. Um, but I am your host, Danny Randon, and um, I'm full of cold at the moment. Um, I'm a little bit stuffy, you may notice that, but at least I'm in the, the comfort and the safety and the warmth of, uh, of Bitchin' HQ on the south coast of the UK. Kind of almost want to wrap myself in one of these blankets behind me, um, but then I do have a guest with me, and I thought that would be just a little bit weird. I mean, it's just your home, you do what you want on a day. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of blankets to go around. There's one here that is actually uh, patterned like a... a uh, like a tortilla, so you can walk around oh, and literally sick. be That's like a, a human burrito. That's pretty cool. I like it. Um, as you would have guessed, I, I'm not alone. Uh, someone is going to help me out while I take sips of lem sip and kind of uh, sniffle my way through, and occasionally try and clear my nasal passages as far away from the mic <laughs> as I can. Um, but I am joined by a, a very, very special guest, someone I've wanted to get on Bitch and Brew for a long old time now. Uh, he is a fellow writer, podcaster, um, you may know his podcast, Just an Insight, um, now also a magazine editor. Um, at some point when it gets done. <laughs> more, more on that in a bit, I suppose. Uh, Frontman, um, takes bloody lovely photos, um, his facial hair game is, is, is strong, uh, you won't be able to hear it through the mic i mean can you do a little curl of the mustache like I mean, really close to the... i don't know if can can you hear that there you go yeah there we go <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's just a bloody great human being to be honest tim birkbeck welcome to bitch and brew thank you very much for having me and i feel like i'm kind of part of the furniture in some aspects because you and brad have been kind enough to to big me up on many occasions so <laughs> it's nice to finally be here in the flesh how are you i'm good i'm good it's New year, new me and all that malarkey, <laughs> but like literally kind of taking 2020 in, in a whole new direction. So yeah, quit my job, Yay. which is sick. <laughs> um, so currently, well, I'm not currently unemployed yet, but I will be soon. Mm. Um, so yeah, just seeing what life has got to Love and life 2K20. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, on on the up, I guess, like, I guess... The 30s are the years that I decide that I'm just going to go fuck it and see what happens. I forgot how old you are. Yeah, I'm an old man, Danny, sorry. <laughs> so, Tim, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of, of today's... Oh, sorry. The um, the jackfruit and potatoes. The meat replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's a vegan. Um, I'm surprised you didn't tell people that uh, as soon as I mean, started recording. I'm also straight edge, so just... This is a CM Punk. This is a, CM Punk. This is a sober zone. So just so you know, it's all right. We've only got Lemsip here. It's not even got a bit of a uh, like. I heard today someone someone say that uh, uh, someone else is in the office and they said to them that they should put creme de cassis in their um, in their blackcurrant Lemsip. That sounds horrible. Yeah, but oh no! I tell you what is horrible. So I went out with my friend's birthday the other day. And they ordered uh, a Phil Collins. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Apparently, it's half Club Mate, which is disgusting in its own right. What is that? It's like caffeinated water, but like... 
it tastes like well to me it tastes like cigarette water it just oh. is horrible so it's like it was a pint in a pint glass half of that topped up with Prosecco what's yeah. the point I don't know and that was the first thing he ordered when we walked into the venue on his birthday. I was like, you are filth, literally. Yeah. But it sounds like something that Phil Collins would have made when he was just absolutely coked off his tits in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's how it Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got. I totally derailed you already. No, no, no. It's okay. That's kind of the point of this podcast, I'll be honest. Um but very, very briefly, before we get on to the main topic today, how did you kind of find 2019 as a year for music in general? Bearing in mind, I know you've done a 2019 yeah, yeah, yeah. review episode. Um, I mean, I thought it was pretty damn good. Like, I think you and Brad mentioned it in your sort of review of the year. Like, the year kind of started a bit slow, but then all of a sudden just kind of went straight into fifth gear and just mm. went, like, off the rails. It was like... Just awesome live shows, awesome festivals, like, and then towards like the tail end of the the year, just so many good records kind of came out. Like, not just in sort of like alternative music, but I just think across the board, there was just really good music that kind of came out last year, which was always nice to to have in your ears. Almost the opposite of what we've got this year, where I know we obviously it's hard to tell what we're going to have in the latter <laughs> yeah. half of the year yet, but the year started strong start, already, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Like, you've got some. Like today, we're, we're we're recording this on Friday the tenth. Is it the tenth? Yeah, tenth. Yeah. And we've already heard like some pretty big names dropping new tracks and yeah, announcing albums and and things like that. So yeah, and they're all within the first like three months of the year, which it's is crazy. Going to be pretty pretty hectic and pretty mad. So, it's yeah. going to be a great year, I think. And just uh, you know, just talking about just an insight your podcast obviously looking back at the uh, at 2019 alone i mean just reading through your guests it kind of reads like a, a who's who of heavy and alternative music much. i've got like a short list here uh, which i had to cut down anyway but you've had the likes of employed to serve svalbard ithaca drug church can't swim touche more venom prison car bomb pagan koji lingua ignota i told you i'd eat you and most importantly Danny Randon and Brad Thorne of Bitch and Brew podcast. uh, They are the most important ones (laughs) in there. But yeah, it's weird like to actually hear all those names kind of read back to me. Like, I guess when I'm kind of doing it, I don't think about it. Like, Mm. obviously, like at the time when I'm talking to these people, I'm very much kind of, oh my god, I can't believe I'm speaking to this person and they're kind of being very open and honest with me. But it's not until you're sort of looking back at it retrospectively and, and as you say, just like listing off all those bands, it's like, oh, I love all of those bands. I've <laughs> had the opportunity to talk to them. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty wild, like, just to think that my little podcast has had the opportunity that it's had so far. Mm. And hopefully much more coming in twenty twenty. Well, talking about your plans for twenty twenty, we have to talk about um, an insight yeah. magazine. Why? Why shaving off the the just? Um, I thought kind of have the the two as kind of separate entities, kind of thing, but still on brand. Yeah. So it's kind of an extension of what the podcast is, but yeah, rather than it being lumped in with the same boat, that I wanted mm. to kind of have it as its own thing, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, it's. It's slow in the outtake. Well, everything's there for issue one. I just need to 
put it in some semblance of an order yeah. and then get it sorted. But yeah, it's, it's what, a thing. What can you tell us about issue one? What can we expect? Um, so my plan is for, for each issue when it comes out, it's going to be a minimum of five kind of in-depth interviews with bands across the board of sort of like alternative music. Like the aim of it is to kind of give a light to bands that may not necessarily get much print page like mm-hmm. space as other bands do so I'll say one of the bands that I'm featuring in issue one is Frail Body who are like a, a screamo band from uh, America they obviously they dropped a, a record last year they got a bit of press around it but it's now kind of gone a bit quiet so I thought have a bit more of a chat with them like find out what they're more about rather than just being like here's a record go listen to it sort mm. of thing so that's kind of the the aim of it so yeah I want to kind of have a lot more sort of like in-depth interviews and also kind of like looking at aspects of our sort of scene that maybe people don't necessarily think about. So one of the things I'm looking to introduce is talking about album artwork, like what kind of inspires that, because I think obviously you're a person that is very much into their music. Like the aesthetics of a band is something that I'm very much drawn to. Massively so. Um, so she's kind of digging a bit deeper into like what the band's perspective is of their own mm-hmm. artwork. Um, and also, hopefully, if it pans out, then going to give a lot more sort of photographers and creatives a chance to kind of shout about their own work as well. Because um, like, it's all good like posting your stuff on Instagram and, and things like that, but you're only kind of limiting yourself to an audience and I'm not saying this is going to be a massive magazine because it's not going to be straight off the bat but like if it gets through to a few more people they might see work of I don't know an illustrator or a photographer or whatever and then kind of branch off and that's that's the dream anyway yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of it in a in a nutshell mate i'm very very excited for it thank you almost as excited as what as, as the as the kind of reason that we're here today. Yeah. Um, so we are here to talk about some of the bands that, that we think will do awesome things Yeah. Uh, in the year ahead, in 2020. The bands that will dominate 2020. I haven't figured out the wording for it yet. But I mean, dominate is a good Crush a good 2020. <laughs> Ke- kill 2020. They're going into the roaring 20s. Oh, Sorry, I had yeah. to get it in there. No. It was my era, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 through a table. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so I've picked five bands. Yep. You've picked five bands, I have too. indeed. Um, now, the, the criteria for this was, I must admit, pretty vague. Um, you know, we, we kind of picked the bands on the premise that, you know, we can be excited about them because... Of perhaps an upcoming release, which yeah. which has been confirmed at this point, is coming out uh, some sooner rather than later. Yeah. Actually, uh, maybe they've been in the studio, and we're kind of hoping that that will materialise into something in the coming months. Yeah. Um, or perhaps you know they're kind of hitting the road after a particularly good twenty eighteen. Like they put out a release that we we kind of. 2019 <laughs> fucks I'm doing that still um, and there's going to be no excuse like today's the last day that you can say happy new year <laughs> yes, to anyone because it um, it's the 10th 10 days in yeah. say happy new year you're dead to me um, and and that that's 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 also the case for if you still say last year was 2018 if you say it from the 11th of January onward you get 
executed. There we go. So you've got you've got your last stumble in for yeah for the year. Now. Bearing in mind, it's going to be past the tenth of January by the time people hear this. It's fine. I've already said that we're recording on the tenth. So. Yeah. So we're good. You've been warned. <laughs> um, so some of, some of these names you might find uh, familiar. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're including a couple of bands who have even been on this very podcast before, um, or indeed Tim's podcast. Um, yes. Sorry, I think then. <laughs> you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I didn't just want to shout out the same old bands that we do quite often shout out here on Bitch and Brew, because... Look, we know that Creeper are going to have a great year. Yeah. We know that Milk Teeth are going to have a really good year. Yeah. We know that Code Orange are going to have a great year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tim, are there any kind of bigger bands that you think are going to have a, a particularly great year? Or, or do you only listen to bands that no one else has heard of? <laughs> um, I mean, one of the bands, I guess, they're not... I mean, they're kind of on the upward trajectory. So the one that we're going to be talking about in a minute. But So I won't sort of go into it too much but I don't, I don't know I think like Code Orange is a band that are going to have a like incredible year they've obviously just announced their fourth record uh, fourth of year including the Code Orange Kids record which I am yes so, so fourth, yeah, fourth. Um, underneath yeah which, it's coming out 13th of March I yeah, believe yeah. which like the, the first track of it sounds very interesting very sort of again with Code Orange they always go a bit sort of left field from what they've already done mm-hmm. um, so yeah them um, I'm trying to think what other sort of big bands are kind of that we know are doing stuff this year my mind is going completely blank at the moment I, I've got I've got a <coughs> short list which yeah. may kind of inspire I mean, you a little bit I mean they're not necessarily I mean I class them as a bigger band because they had a really big 2019 but Holding Absence have just been announced that they're doing the Creeper tour, so I think yeah, that's yeah. going to be doing great things for them, sort of on the upward. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to oh, I tell you, I will give one band because I've went on tour with them at the end of last year, and they've got a record coming out this year. Envy, who are bringing out, I think it's their seventh record, mm-hmm. uh, celebrating their 25th anniversary. The new record I've been lucky enough to hear it is beautiful and phenomenal. It's everything that you want envy of, and I've just realised because you've looked, I'm wearing my envy t-shirt. Today. It is a very nice envy yeah. t-shirt. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to have a really cool year. They've already said they're coming back to Europe to do Hellfest this year, which last year they I didn't go, but from what I've heard, they absolutely stole mm. the festival, and I'm sure they'll probably do it again. Um, so to Clisson we go. I mean, yeah, if the opportunities go, I will definitely be there. Um, going to shout out friends in Svalbard. They're going to record their third record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their second record really put them on the map. So this record, I think, will just kind of shoot them even even yeah. higher. So, yeah, I've, I'm interested to see what's on your short Well, uh, speaking of friends uh, that are currently uh, or about to head into the studio, I know that Palm Reader are currently yes. recording their, their new album as we speak. Uh, I mean, in terms of, I mean, I've got some really big bands written down here. Nothing kind of confirmed from them as okay. of yet, uh, but it's kind of, it's been widely discussed that we yeah. will probably have new music from them in 2020, bands like Deftones. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get a new Mastodon album this year, which that would be would very be cool. nice. 
Um, I wouldn't be all that surprised if we get a new Enter Shikari album by the end of the I year. I mean, Rue has been... Is it Rao? Rue? Rao. Rao. I can never know how to pronounce it. He has been teasing on Twitter in the last couple of days mm-hmm. about album names and things like that. Yeah, so yeah. that would... Yeah, that would be... A, like, I think we've had, we had this discussion when we saw them at 2000 Trees. Like, Enter Shikari was a band that I very much was into when I was in college and then sort of massively dropped off them. Mm-hmm. But then when we saw them at Trees, it kind of reignited my love for that band. Yeah. Um, that was a phenomenal show. Yeah. So, yeah, if they have new music coming out, it's something that I'd be very excited about. Yeah, yeah, I'd be stoked about it. I mean, it's Shikari. It's one of my favourite I mean, bands. Yeah. Um, uh, the, as, as we record this, we're pretty much one week away from uh, the release of the new album. A uh, bit sort of... Um, a bit left of centre from from what we usually do here, but I'm very very excited for the the comeback album from Bombay Bicycle Club. Oh um, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so that's coming out next week, and uh, 2020 will see uh, the release of a new Every Time I Die album. Yes, it will. Um, and, yeah. and I'm seeing them in three weeks time at oh, Brixton with Academy. The, while she sleeps and vain and vain. Yeah. What a lineup! I'm really annoyed that. Well, I'm annoyed that I'm not going to be there, but. The reason I'm not being there is fine, so okay, that's... So it, it kind of balances out. Yeah, so yeah. It's fine. But I just, it's just another band that's just kind of come to to mind. Um, Power Trip. Uh, oh yeah, they were... supposedly I think it's recorded. I'm not sure because I know they released Hornet's Nest or whatever the track's called. Mm-hmm. Um, tail end of last year. So, and they're obviously on tour with Lamb of God at some point this year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll be having a new record from them this year as well at some point. Right, so on that note, let's get on to the, the first of, of ten bitchin' bands for 2020. Oh, I like that. There we go. Yeah, we found our title. <laughs> Lock it in. Book it, Vince. Um, I mean, we're starting off... So, sorry before you go. I like that you can make the wrestling references now, because with Brad, he, they just go over his they head. They go really <laughs> over his head, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're in your element. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're be- we're better off now in his absence. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but that is undisputed. Oh, oh, oh. all that hurt. That was good. That was good. <laughs> we miss you, Brad. Really. <laughs> Right. Um, Sorry, I derailed you again. Continue. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, let's. Um, well, we're we're starting off with a band. Um, probably, probably, you know, we've we've picked some bands that like like we were saying aren't going to get talked about maybe as much in other outlets yeah. uh, or certainly have not been talked about on Bitch and Brew as much yet. Uh, but this band are being widely touted as one of the, uh, well, probably one of the most hotly tipped bands, mm. British bands yeah. of 2020. Um, and that is Loathe. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I'm going to have to be very, very careful in not sounding like everyone else on the planet right now um, especially people in the comment sections of their videos um, who somehow think that they know everything about music oh, um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to maybe play devil's advocate yeah, here for a second so um, going, going back to what we were saying earlier about, about Code Orange um, and the kind of year that they dominated 2017 was when Forever came out yeah. and they kind of exploded yeah um, and everyone was like, oh my god, this is like the most game-changing, heavy thing on a mainstream level since Slipknot. Yeah. I think that in 2020, Loathe will be the the kind of Deftones to Code Orange's Slipknot. 
if that yeah. makes sense. No, I get that. Like, there's been because again today they the day that we were recording they dropped the second single off the new record mm-hmm. and straight away there have been many people making the Deftones comparison. It's the most Deftones <laughs> thing they've released so yeah. far, admittedly. But that being said. I don't like that comparison. Oh, okay. Just purely because, like, I think their music... I don't. This is not to disparage Deftones at all, because mm-hmm. I love that band. Mm-hmm. But I think what Loath are doing is more intelligent than trying to be a Deftones band, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, they... The way they write music is just so kind of interesting and intricate and sort of left of centre kind of thing in terms of like the electronics to the heaviness to the sort of melodic parts which okay yeah Deftones have all those parts but I think the way that Loathe layer them and put them into a song I think it's unfair to be like Oh, they sound like the Deftones. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I do agree with that. I think, you know, obviously the the, the comparisons are coming uh, particularly off the back of uh, uh, Kadeem France's kind of cleaner vocals yes. and the choruses and, and that guitar tone as well, that kind yeah. of shimmering uh, guitar tone. Um, uh, the, the kind of main single off the album, we've we've actually already heard four tracks off the album. Oh, is it? God, it shows how much. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, they did release two singles last year, God oh, and New did. Faces yes. in the Dark, yeah. which are both going to be on the album. Yeah. I had to double check this myself, um, but the the sort of first kind of official single, I suppose, from this uh, from this album called "Aggressive Evolution." Yeah, what a fucking tune! Yeah, it is. yeah. Uh, that chorus sounds like something that could have been on Diamond Eyes or something. Yeah, you know? no, I get that. I I definitely can't say the same. You know, can't make the Deftones comparisons for the the heavier moments of Loads music because. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there are many heavy moments in Led's yeah. music, obviously, and that is, you know, when they come in, they are guttural and and bludgeoning and yeah. intensely technical. That's the thing. I think, like, what for me makes them a really interesting band is when they come into those heavy elements. Like, it's, and I think like they do this like live as well. Okay, and it's going to make more sense when I explain it. But it's kind of like the the feel that you have like a, a nightclub when like the DJ's building up to like the big mm-hmm. drop kind of thing because like they'll have like the melody and they'll have like an underlaying groove and riff but then all of a sudden you'll just hear like a and that drop will hit that mm. sort of like it's almost like the click of a guitar pedal or yeah. like a snare hit or something and it will drop into like the really heavy bits mm-hmm. of their music and like it sounds really simple on the surface, but somehow they just make it work seamlessly. Yeah. And it I think that's what adds that level to to what Loath have got to offer at the moment. I I've got to say I think, you know, their their heaviness is really kind of uh complemented by some excellent sort of jarring electronic work. Mm, yeah. Um, well, cuz again, sorry to interrupt, but like in terms of the comparisons like people have said like they're the vein of the UK kind of thing yeah which I'm a bit more aligned to because of the electronical elements that they have yeah did you see vein at the joiners last no, year no I was out on tour which I'm really 
fucking annoyed about. But... It was one of the best gigs of last year, and they had a guy doing uh, live electronics yeah. uh, during that gig, which just added a whole other dimension to it. Um, I mean, because th- this is a, a kind of a ludicrously heavy band, mm. but I can't genuinely can't decide if they're better at doing the really heavy shit or, <laughs> yeah. or the, the sort of swelling, atmospheric, almost like... I'm gonna maybe swear in front of you a little bit because I know how passionate you are about this genre, but almost like a sort of modern post hardy hardcorey modern post hardy. Um, <laughs> going back to wrestling again, say. Uh, modern kind of post hardcore esque type stuff. Yeah, I mean, like it's definitely got elements of that thrown in there, and like I don't know, like that for me, like the when they go heavy, it's not. Obviously, like they, there's probably hardcore influences in mm-hmm. there, but it leans more on the metalcore degen e sort of side of things, especially yeah. the tone of their guitars. Yeah, like it lends itself more to like being influenced by Meshuggah than or it, like yeah tech metal kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, than it does Comeback Kid sort of mm-hmm. thing. But like, I, I get what you you mean. It's it's like that. And I, I get that's why I meant like by the sort of the way they drop in the the elements is because they kind of have this like swelling effect mm-hmm. that leads up to those and it is that kind of and as as you said with their vocalist now like some of the clean stuff he does now I think he's worked on that phenomenally because I remember the first time I saw them was um, was it two thousand trees this year no sorry last year. Um, I can't remember, but he, like he was a lot more sort of going full pelt with the mm-hmm. with the aggressive vocals, and it's almost like on this record he's kind of stripped back. Obviously, I don't know his background, mm-hmm. but it kind of feels like he stripped back to what he was doing before Loathe. I don't know if that's the case, but right. it's kind of the way it comes across. Yeah, I still have not seen them live yet. Have you not? No, oh. I'm fucking gutted because I've heard so much about their live show, especially that show at 2000 Trees. Yeah, they were really good at Trees, and then they recently supported uh, Straight From The Path, Yeah, which got amalgamated into the tour with Knock Loose in mm-hmm. Bristol, which was like... The it basically me- became an all-day, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like mega show of mega shows, and... Like again, so they played just after Justice of the Damned for the Damned, sorry, who blew me away, and I was like, "How the fuck are Loathe going to top that?" And they did it with ease. <laughs> so yeah, well, um, they are going on tour. Uh, we should they probably are. say um, actually uh, the first thing is February seventh. Yeah, um, we let it in. Uh, it's a beautiful record name. Yeah, so uh, the name of the record is I Let It In and It Took Everything. Yeah. Like we said, we heard four singles so far. They're all up on Spotify. I think we're going to do a playlist for this so we can Sick. pick a couple of tracks. Um, but uh, they are also heading on tour. Yes. Uh, so early to kind of mid-February, um, they are doing a UK tour uh, with a with a revolving bill of support yeah. acts. Uh, the Well Runs Red, who I, I don't really know, no. to be honest. Um, but God Complex, yeah. who are a great sort of hardcore band, uh, sort of another kind of rumbly technical hardcore yeah, band. Yeah, they, they fit well, as I say, I don't really know if The Well Runs Red, but they God Complex 
fit what yeah. Lowe's are doing. Signed, well. signed to Venn Records. Yeah. Uh, I believe still, yes. As far uh, as I'm aware, They yeah. put a really good EP on Venn in uh, 2018, yeah, yeah. the name of which escapes me. But also, uh, the the creators of my uh, 2019 EP of the year, Foxjaw, yeah. which is a fantastic kind of... Uh, support for for Loathe. It may not be the the immediate kind of association you make. But... No, but I think like Loathe are clever enough mm-hmm. band to to see what other kind of bands of their ilk have done in in the past. So mm-hmm. in terms of sort of like not necessarily sticking to the bands that are within your genre. Yeah, and taking sort of newer exciting bands out on the road like i mean as i said they just came off the road with straight from the path and you wouldn't necessarily put straight from the path and loathe in the same bracket so they've clearly taken influence from that and sort of picked a band who people like yourself are very excited about yeah yeah so uh well that tour's coming to southampton so i i'm very you will be there i assume don't think i am because i think i'm away the date they're playing in Southampton, which or it's just as I come back. I need, I can't. I literally went through my calendar today and I've already forgotten. So living on the road these days—that's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> Bad to the bone. Um, no, for me, uh, I mean, you may disagree because we are talking about some some heavy, heavy, heavy bands uh, in this um, uh, over the duration of this podcast. For, but for me, Loathe are going to be the the kind of standard bearers of heavy music in 2020. I think, especially for the UK, mm-hmm. like we're already seeing other press outlets like singing their praises and the record's not even out well obviously to the to the lucky people in the press that it is but to to you normal folks it's (laughs) it's not quite yet but so but yeah like already I'm hearing so many people just absolutely loving everything that they're doing yeah I I know one of the normal folks uh, who have uh, heard the record through connections? Uh, okay, um, and uh, and he says it's it's phenomenal, and I'm yeah. like, don't, because I almost kind of want to go back to my juvenile days of um of like going to HMV on release day and yeah. getting the CD, <laughs> yeah. you know, go yeah. old school with it. I'm so excited for it. Um, yeah, they're they're bringing out an album on February seventh. Uh, it's called I Let It In, and it took everything. So that is loathe. Uh, from Liverpool. 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 Sorry. Oh, why did I do it? <laughs> you bastard. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, from Liverpool, don't, don't do it, it's fine. From Liverpool, we go uh, across the pond to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. We um, yeah, uh, this is one of the bands that you've brought in. It is indeed. Dying Wish. Dying motherfucking wish. <laughs> I'll let you uh, start this one. So, I'll give a kind of a brief sort of history into my introduction to Dying Wish. So, I was introduced to this band through the wonderful medium that is Hate Five Six. Um, they did a video of them playing like an all day fest in uh, the US. Um, and the, literally, the way I discovered them was because of a gif of their vocalist, Emma, literally holding the microphone like a, a little bit away from her, her mouth and just like shaking her face and screaming in rage. I was like, I need to check out what this is all about. Um, and lo and behold, I was introduced to Dying Wish, who are kind of like a more sort of leaning on the metallic side of hardcore. Like mm-hmm. they're very sort of deathcore influenced but they have very much stemmed in the roots of hardcore, especially in the in the US. Um, they 
done a, uh, an EP, they've done a couple uh, of split, which is awesome with a band called Serration from Canada. Um, but then at the tail end of last year, they released uh, a single called Enemies in Red, which is hands down to date their best work. Like the production on it is phenomenal. Emma's voice is just just visceral and fierce and horrible in the best way. Um, and yeah, they just like they're one of those bands that I've have gotten really excited about considering I don't tend to necessarily lean on the more metallic side of of the hardcore world, mm. but they just there's just something about them that you can't help but sort of gravitate towards and want them to succeed in everything that they do, and it's re- like they're part of this wave of really good sort of youthful bands coming out of the states that are doing interesting things that have kind of been influenced by their predecessors like there's a lot of kind of um i guess kind of like mis- early misery signals sort of influence in there um that kind of early sort of noughts kind of metalcore vibe mm. rather than the stuff that absolutely ruined the genre in, in the later <laughs> noughts i guess um but yeah, they're just, and like for people that maybe not necessarily know much about them, they may have heard M's voice on one of my records of 2019, uh, as she did a guest spot on the Knock Loose record on uh, the track Serpent's Touch, and where she comes in, it's just just really raw and ferocious, and like yeah and they've kind of done a role reversal on, on the single that they've done Brian from Knock Loose is now on yes I did song, see that so. you know what I would I would echo the uh, everything you said about Enemies in Red I do think it's their best song today yeah um, I think there's a real kind of step up in production compared to that oh massive. I, I, I have listened to their parts of the split EP with um, Serration um, in kind of research for this because I'd not heard of them before you they you kind of brought them to the mm. to the podcast. Um, it kind of it does take a, a fair bit for uh, one of these kind of beat down metallic hardcore bands to to really stand out these days yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's interesting what you say about not lose being one of your records of the year. I think it's a good record, but I really don't get why they're being heralded as like the the hardcore band. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that everyone has to be like a Code Orange level game changer <laughs> because then they wouldn't be game changers. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I'm not saying at all that this kind of uh, throwdown style music is, is uh, you know, has no place in 2020. I do yeah. think, it, I think it definitely does and it definitely does through bands like Dying Wish. I, yeah. I've not, I, I love Hate Five Six, but I've not, what I, I will be going to watch that, that yeah. gig now. Um, yeah, with with their vocalist um, Emma Boster, I'm yeah. guessing is her is how you'd say her surname. There is, um, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. There is a kind of a distinctly effeminate tone to her screaming yeah. um, that I I don't know. It adds some level, you know, it adds an, like a whole other level of of kind of depth mm. and kind of raw emotion. Um, I, I think that's why you know the majority of the best kind of heavy vocalists around at the moment are women, oh, yeah, or, or you know, uh, or non non men anyway. Yeah. Um, and this is just you know another fantastic vocalist to kind of challenge the the gender imbalance. Mm. Um, and if you listen to that stuff on the split with Serration, she can also sing yeah. really well. Well, that's what I'm kind of interested to see because obviously mm. with Enemies in Red, like you 
are making the assumption that there's going to be at least an EP or a full length coming this year. I would very much like to think so. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if there is more of, of her clean vocals mm-hmm. shown in that or if that was... Co- I can't imagine it'd be like a one and done thing, but like, I don't know. But with the On the split with Serration, it kind of felt like a, a testing of the waters kind of track because the bit where she does come in with the clean vocals, mm-hmm. it almost is harping back to that kind of early noughties sound yeah, where yeah. the clean bit is the hook and sort of thing. So it'd be interesting to see if they kind of mix things up and kind of almost use the clean as the verse and go back to the heavy with the hooks and things like that. I, I'm making massive assumptions here, but it would be cool to see if, if I don't know, like you like you were saying, it, it takes a lot for one of these kind of beat downy bands to stand out from a crowd. And I totally agree because that is a very much a saturated market. Um, but I think Dying Wish have that ability to stand out from a crowd, not just because they have M as a vocalist, but the way that they're proficient in their musicianship. Like, if you listen to the riffs off Enemy Runs Red, they're just fucking incredible metalcore riffs. Mm. And that's been the case all the way through their discography. Like, even if going back to like the demo stuff, it may not be the most comfortable of listens because of the production, but they've still got some killer riffs in there. Yeah. And that's what, for me, makes one of those bands. Like, you can chug and beat down all you want, but if you've got a killer riff, you're going to stand out. Yeah, for sure. And we don't quite know what their plans are in terms of a release for 2020. No, yeah. not- all, all we've got is that 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 song Enemies in Red yeah. in terms of relatively new stuff um, and they, they've been on dates around the US because they're yeah. a very young band 2018 I think they formed uh, yeah maybe like beginning of if not yeah. tail end of 2017 but they have been on dates around the US already with some in, in kind of esteemed company yeah you look at the you know you look at the tours they've been on they've been on the road with the likes of uh, Stray from the Path and mm. Counterparts and Sea Space Cowboy Sanction I mean, you've got to hope for some dates on this side of the water. I mean, soon. yeah, I'd imagine so. Like, I know, um, or well, this is purely because a friend of mine was their tour photographer. Um, they did a run last year with Rhythm Beats Razor, which I think really kind of brought a lot more eyes to them. Mm-hmm. Not like what just, over here? No, 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 in the states, right? But I think like a lot more people were sort of brought eyes to them through sort of the crossover with Rhythm Beats Razor. Um, who aren't necessarily a band that you'd necessarily associate with them mm-hmm. because they're a bit more that kind of sascore world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you'd imagine if there is a full length coming, then they'd be over here at, at some point. Maybe not on their own, but as like a, a support for a bigger US band. Yeah. So who that would be, I I don't know. But I've I've put the I put the leaf out on Twitter last year that I wanted to tour with Ithaca. But whether that would be... That'd be good fun, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be wonderful. That would be a lovely time. Yeah, but yeah. Dying Wish, if you listen to this, you're welcome in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and definitely go listen to, to Enemies in Red, which is a fucking great tune. It is that that, uh, that kind of uh, drum intro, uh, oh, yeah, kind of rattling yeah. through the toms, kind of takes me back to my scene kid days at like <laughs> watching watching the metalcore bands at Horsham Youth Centre in 2011. <laughs> but like, I mean that in the best possible yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what I mean. Like, that's why I say like they've kind of taken that early noughties metalcore influence rather than the the 
brand that we saw in the late kind of events where it was heavy screaming vocal clean chorus like and that got saturated super quickly like mm. it is more the the sort of misery signals and sort of walls of jericho kind of bands that, yeah that these guys are kind of pulling influences from and i'm all for that so that's dying wish uh from portland oregon and it's time to head back over to the uk now for our next band um, so uh, this is uh, a band that have been on the podcast before. Um, the, the <laughs> let's reverse that. Yeah. Um, no, this band comes from uh, the extremely kind of thriving scene in Bristol at yeah. the moment. Your home away from home it is indeed. Uh, so when you think about the the brilliant bands that are coming out of there at the moment, like Saint Pierre Snake Invasion, we've already mentioned Foxjaw. No Violet, yeah. Sugar Horse as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to talk today about Sir. Yeah. Um, so yeah, three piece from Bristol. Um, of course, as I said, you may recognise the name because uh, all three members of Sir were on the podcast. We sank some beers backstage at 2000 Trees and they were lovely people. Um, but you may also know them because they gained a lot of momentum in 2019 mm. and... I feel like they're going to hit the ground running in 2020. Um, So, kind of dissecting the music of Sir is probably more difficult than it may initially seem. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, sonically it's it's kind of very minimalist and and quite sparse. Mm. Um, But there's still, like, a lot going on, if that makes sense. Uh, I think the obvious kind of defining feature of, of Sir's sound at the moment is the, is the dual vocals from uh, Tina Maynard and Anya Pulver. Um, now, again, not to sound like everyone everywhere at the moment, there have been a lot of comparisons to uh, PJ Harvey yeah. uh, and the Breeders, which are two artists who are not massively like familiar. No. I've never really afforded myself the time to go into their back catalogues. Um but you know, I think that from what I have heard of those artists, that is especially the case with um, with Anya's vocals. Who you know, Anya has this kind of amazing uh, husky tone to her mm. voice. It's a little bit gruff, but it's it's still really melodic and beautiful. Uh, Tina is more like the um, the the more pure singer of the two. Yeah, if that makes sense. She's got like a really smooth and soulful mm. voice. Um, and uh, th- that's no, that's no um, uh, disparagement towards uh, Anya. I think they are both as brilliant as each other. Yeah. Um, Anya just kind of adds a little bit more grit, and it's that amazing kind of contrast between the two. Because there's no one lead vocalist, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's no like one backing vocalist. They're constantly kind of uh, ta- like slaloming between each other. Yeah. Um, uh, but I guess on the occasions that they do team up and sing together on some, some harmonies, they're kind of sultry and hypnotic. And I just find myself kind of swaying to them almost dreamily. <laughs> I mean, it's not great when I'm listening to them as I'm, as I'm going on the motorway coming home <laughs> uh, from work, but um, you know, swerving in and out of traffic. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I have also been reading comparisons to bands like uh, Warpaint. Okay. Uh, and bands of that era, which I do kind of hear in the in yeah, the guitar I was tone. Gonna say, yeah, I can kind of get that in sort of some of the stuff to, that they're doing. I've got to be totally honest; I'm not fully familiar with their sort of musical output. Like 
my introduction to them was 2000 Trees. Yeah, they played two sets across yeah. that weekend because they filled in for culture abuse on the main stage. Yes, they did. Um, and I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I think it was kind of... It might have even been off your recommendation that I went mm. and saw them. Um, but then kind of when I listened to it on record, I wasn't... I don't know. I think like the live setting is very different to what they produce on right. record. Um, not to say that I was disappointed with what I heard on the record it was just kind of as you say it was very sort of more you could hear that minimalist approach more on the record than live very much so yeah and I think uh, you know I think I really need to give credit to uh, to their drummer James as well, uh, who really pushes that minimalism with his drum work. Mm. He's a very he's a very technical drummer. Yeah, I believe uh, he is the drummer of the the post rock band. Maybe she will. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, and I think uh, what he kind of does rhythmically reminds me of the more sort of subdued material that um, like. Uh, Biffy Clyro were putting out mm. around Puzzle era Biffy, yeah, yeah. like um, Infinity Land going into Puzzle. Mm. I reckon the the more kind of um, stripped back material. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, have you have you listened to their latest EP? Uh, no show. It came out last year. Th- yeah. Wait, is that what's the artwork of it? I've it's never... uh, it's uh, a person covering their their hands with their face. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that has the the single on it, which I think we spoke about during the end of year special. Uh, Do what I want, which was yes, one of my favourite songs from last wait, year. Yeah, like that song is really like this. I think that kind of epitomises what they're about, and I yeah. think that's kind of where I was sort. Of, it kind of clicked for me because, mm-hmm. as I say, like I think off the back of the trees performance, I kind I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting when I listened to it on record, but I think it was just a bit too. No, I don't want to say basic because mm-hmm. it's not basic any in any shape or form, but it was just a bit. So, there was just something missing yeah. for me. But then that song in particular, I think it's just kind of where everything sort of melds together. And as you say, it's that kind of the, the duality of the vocals is what really kind of puts it up another level from what they've previously exactly. done especially on that song I yeah think. yeah I think uh, you, No Show I kind of uh, named it as one of the sort of runners up in the EPs of the year category um, and they've done a few EPs at this point and, and No Show's easily the best one yet yeah. uh, before No Show I was a little bit you know, I, I was kind of aware of them, but I wasn't. I wasn't mad on them, and then yeah. I and then I saw them live, and it kind of all started to fit together. And mm. then we obviously chatted with them, and they were uh, awesome people. I really enjoyed that chat. Actually, go back and listen to it on the Two Thousand Trees special, if you please. Um, but um, you can tell they started to get more and more comfortable with bringing those those vocal contrasts to yeah. the fore, and kind of letting almost letting the music take a like a little bit of a back seat to kind of yeah yeah you know there are th- there are three pieces, and I don't necessarily want to eliminate anyone from the equation, but that EP kind of makes stars out of Tina and Anya mm. as as vocalists especially, um, and they don't have a bassist, which I find really cool <laughs> as well. Um, I mean, like I've. I like bands that don't have bassists. I don't know why. I just find it like it adds an element to to musicianship. I think because I think if you can work out how to bring a bass tone mm-hmm. in without using a bassist, like I think that's quite clever. And I find it hilarious. So 
the bass player in my band absolutely hates it because obviously he's a bassist and like whenever we see bands without a bass player I'm like oh this is really sick he's like no I need a bass <laughs> so it's just like a I, I can't believe you right now my dad is a bassist sorry sorry I do apologise <laughs> um, I mean you know I've, I've got to hope that uh, we'll have an album coming from Sir in the in the tail end of the year maybe even sooner mm. uh, they haven't really confirmed anything at this point I don't know if they've been in the studio but they've done three piece at this point and I'm kind of happy with the amount of EPs that they've done that I'm like okay let's see what you can do doubling the amount of tracks yeah, and yeah. see if you can kind of uh, keep the quality yeah um, I think it'd be interesting to see what they if a full length is to come like yeah how it put is put across because I think as, as you say, the way they put music together is quite interesting in terms mm-hmm. of the sort of, again, I don't want to say basic, but like, it's kind of, there's elements of it feel kind of like cut and paste. And I mean that in a nice way in terms of like, they'll have like a drum rhythm that's kind of runs throughout a song and like, that's kind of a running theme, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they build upon that to kind of make a full album rather than songs, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for it, and uh, you know, just just to add on to the end of this, they've they've just been on a UK tour at the end of 2019, um, but they are doing a couple of dates around the country with uh, Vukovi, oh, uh, cool. who are another band I'm very very excited about mm. in the coming year. Um, and I believe they do have an album coming out. They this do year. this yeah. uh, this later this month. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to hear it. I love Vukovi and um, Friends of the Podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just think they're they're an awesome band. They've got an incredible DIY ethos. Mm. Um, did you hear they, they made their merch? Uh, they made sort of sustainable merch by uh, just painting their logo onto charity shop t-shirts. That's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool stuff. It's, it's you know, it's a touch of class. Mm. And I'm just going into 2020. Inc- I'd love to have them back on the podcast. Now I've kind of sat with their music a little, lo- yeah. a little bit longer um, and, and kind of give them the... Um, uh, the the time and attention that they definitely deserve uh, from me and you alike, dear listener, uh, in 2020. So they are called Sir, uh, spelt S O E U R, but the O and the E are kind of the the, the weird the, the, the sort amalgamation. Of, it's French. Um, so, I can't remember what it's called, but I know. Ala Sir. It, it means ah. sister. It means sister yeah. in French. Uh, but yeah, just go and look up S O E S O S E O. No, S O. E U R Sir, and go and listen to their latest EP, No Show, which is, in my eyes anyway, fabulous. There you go. Uh, right, let's go back to you. Um, another UK band. Yes. Um, I don't know where they're from in the UK because it literally just said on their their social media, UK. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Oh, is it Leeds? They are Leeds. A big cheese Leeds. They are Leeds. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I was thinking that like there's another band we're talking about in a bit who are who are from Leeds they as are well. From Leeds as well. Uh, uh, so we'll be diving back into the the Leeds hardcore scene more than once. We will indeed uh, in this episode. But uh, let's go first with uh, Big Cheese. Big Cheese. Awful, <laughs> awful band name, but a very, very good band. Um, that is just my personal opinion. Like some people absolutely love that name, but yeah. Um, Big Cheese are one of the premier hardcore bands in the UK right now. Like, they are dominating the UK scene. They're making waves over in the States at the moment. 
Um, they kind of are very much influenced by sort of the sort of like 80s, 90s kind of oi scene, but have kind of taken it to a sort of 21st century modernization of it. But they've also kind of blended in influences of like New York hardcore into their mm-hmm. sound and things like that. So it's kind of like a weird amalgamation of those two scenes put into into one behemoth that is what big cheese are at the moment. Yeah. Um I was I didn't really kind of get into this band until I saw them live. Um which is often the case which with is a lot often of the case. Bands. But like I think they were they were a band that were on my radar and they released an album uh I'm going to get this wrong it's called Aggravated Mopery 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 yeah. Yeah. Um which I listened to a few times and I was sort of like yeah, it's good, but it's not. I don't get why so many people are hyping this band up. Um, but then they played uh, an Aldea in Brighton, and it was like just the introduction of like their frontman, who literally looks like he's just got on stage from doing a like a shop a shift at the warehouse sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Is he wearing a high vis jacket? No, no, no. He just wears like kind of like workman's trousers and workman's boots. All right. And all but just, always with like a cut off and Red, like, ready to stomp a mud hole. Yeah, yeah. His name's much. Razor, isn't it? Yeah, which I don't want to say too like I don't want to disparage him because that's a that's a hard as fuck name. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like they just literally got on stage and just bulldozed the Green Door store in Brighton and it's like Great venue. Yeah, but it's like, if a band can do that in, like, I think they had, like, a 20-minute set, like, that's, yeah, you've, you've caught my attention kind of thing. Um, and they're just kind of part of this scene at the moment that is just thriving here in the UK, very much centred around the whole quality control records kind of sound. Like, it's all in very much that, as I say, that kind of oi-punk sound, but sort of bought into the modern era. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't. We do know they do have a new record coming out. It's going to be released on Quality Control and Triple B in the states, which is fucking awesome because last year Triple B owned Hardcore. So the fact that a UK band is now going to be, I mean, they, I think they might have a UK band on there anyway, but a UK band of Big Cheese's stature, like on that label as well, is just going to mean they're breaking that wall down in the states as well. I mm-hmm. think. They might even be out there at the moment on tour. I can't remember. Yeah, I did see that, like you said, they have kind of uh, broken America yeah, in, yeah. In, in the way that the sort of under, underground hardcore bands can. Mm. This is obviously much more in your wheelhouse uh, than than it is mine. Uh, that said, I, I had a lot of fun yeah. listening to, to Aggravated Mopery, um, which came out in 2018. 2017 I think oh maybe yeah. okay yeah so it's it's five songs it's 11 minutes long and I mean those 11 minutes really kind of fly by yeah yeah uh, the way their guitarist just absolutely shreds yeah on songs like um, Pass the Buck yeah especially it's, it's just ridiculous I mean it's interesting what you were saying about you know this kind of amalgam of oi punk and then kind of New York hardcore because I suppose I would have put these guys in more the kind of cra- crossover thrash bracket yeah, there's a, there's definitely sort of elements of that yeah. in there, but I think I don't know. I think 
because there's more of like a, a punk sensibility to it that's why it's kind of mm. got that sort of feel to it for, for me yeah there's a little bit of early Iron Maiden in there as well for me <laughs> I'm like not sure if that will agree but Paul, Paul Diano era Iron Maiden like before <laughs> Bruce Dickinson came yeah, in and, yeah. and started wailing but, but like I think the, the thing that for me that stands out with Big Cheese and it's something that is kind of cu- coming back here in, in the UK sort of that sound is Razor's vocals like yeah. you've got the sort of like blown out sound of the guitars and the distorted guitars that are there that is kind of becoming a staple of the UK at the moment but like Razor's vocals is that kind of it's almost like you listen to it and it's really horrible and you don't like it but it fits the music so well that you can't help but like it and just it's that element of sort of being so British and so aggressive that like made sort of punk in its heyday what it was and I think like I'm not saying by any means of the imagination that bands like Big Cheese and Imposter Gutter Knife are going to be the next wave of great punk in the UK like they will be in the underground but they won't be breaking the mainstream but it's definitely got that feel of get your denim jackets with your patches on and go fucking wild with your pals sort of thing yeah yeah, I mean, I, I am very intrigued to see where they kind of uh, go with yeah. an album. I believe the album is going to be called Punishment Park. Yeah, which is a fucking phenomenal It's a fucking name. great year for album titles, yeah. I swear to God. And, um, yeah, they've released one track off it, which is just, again, it's just, I think it's, only, it's like two minutes long, and it's just like two minutes of being kicked in the nuts. Aggie as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Uh, so they are Big Cheese from Leeds. 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 <laughs> uh, well, we um, go from uh, Leeds to kind of the the Leeds of mainland Europe. What am I saying? It's not at all. It's <laughs> Norway. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely not the leads of mainland Europe uh, no uh, we're going to the beautiful uh, country of Norway although I've never been always uh, want I to went go to Os- I've been to Oslo and it is wonderful yeah yeah um, well it, it can be it, you know I think it's wonderful purely on account of the fact that this band are from that country yeah. um, and they are called Slutface yeah not Slotface as I not right. slot face, no. Uh, it, well, it's spelt slot face with the with the. Um, not an umlaut. Not an umlaut. It's the forward slash through the o. Yeah. Instead of a u, but they still pronounce it slot face. It's basically because of social media censorship. Oh, I didn't they, know that. They used to be called slot face, spelt in the way that you would expect them yeah. to be. Um, and then they had to. They well, they felt compelled to change it to slot face because basically they just couldn't. Get anywhere I did not with, know that. with that name. There yeah. you go. There you go. Did not know that. So this is another band that a few people may have already heard of at this yeah. point. Um, certainly, the viewers of um, the brilliant Netflix original series Sex Education. Uh, did you see that one last? I did. Year? I didn't know they were. Yeah, uh, they uh, well, they had a song used in oh, it, okay. and I think that was kind of a, a bit of a break from them. Their the song yeah, Nancy yeah. Drew. Uh, uh, used yes, um, that is a tune. Uh, yeah in in season one season two drops in and I'm very very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like next weekend. No? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be binging that. <laughs> Put down The Witcher for a minute and watch. I still haven't watched The Witcher. It's been very very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still working my way through Watchmen at the moment. So which is next on the list? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I've not watched 
I've not watched The Watchmen. Watch, watch the Watchmen. Yeah, I, I don't have Prime, so uh, yeah, so I nick my brother's Sky. <laughs> so uh, sorry, back to Slutface. Um, <laughs> I saw Slutface recently um, opening for Pup. Oh, okay. Um, on the last night of Pup's UK tour. Yeah. Um, sandwiched in between Pup and Fresh. What a bill that is. That is not, yeah, that uh, is. You know, uh, brilliant, brilliant for Slutface and sort of perfect positioning. And um, I liked, uh, that. Uh, at that point, I, I liked the first album, mm. uh, uh, which is called Try Not To Freak Out, came out in 2017. Um, I think it, it had its fair share of kind of poppy rock anthems. Yeah. Um, and when I saw them open for Pup, I then fully understood why they're being kind of lauded as absolute superstars because mm. uh, I thought they were absolutely fucking brilliant that yeah. night. I felt like at times I was watching Sigrid fronting a punk okay. band, and I'm not saying that because of the like the Norwegian yeah, thing yeah, yeah. or the or the fact that the, the Slutface's singer, um, who's called uh, Haley Shea, uh, looks ever so slightly like Sigrid, um, or you know vice versa. Yeah, uh, but it really did feel like that at some point. I was like, is this a pop band? Is it a punk band? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not really you know explicitly either. It's like a pop band doing stage dives or like <laughs> yeah. a punk band writing the best pop songs ever um but going into 2020 i have such high hopes for slutface yeah um and and their new album uh again another brilliant album title is called sorry for the late reply that is uh, good yeah which i mean you know both having been in the field of journalism and the press how many times have you had to say yeah. that and not actually meant it <laughs> i think i even sent an email today saying that. <laughs> um I think a real kind of mark of, of confidence in this material from Slutface is the fact that it's out the 31st of January and we've already heard five singles from the record. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of those songs kind of sound different from one another, which makes me think that they've worked really, really hard towards making the dynamics better across the duration of an album, mm. kind of matching the catchiness of its singles. Because, yeah, we have heard singles like Telepathetic, um, and I especially love the new song called um, Success, yeah. um, which are kind of both so full of uh, so full of life. They're so fun, uh, sort of power pop anthems. Mm. And uh, then, you know, on the flip side of that, there's a song like um, Stuff, which is a more mid-paced indie disco number. Yeah. Um, which kind of takes me back to like 2006 indie, you know, bands like The Gossip. Uh, they weren't called The Gossip, were they? They were just Gossip. Um, yeah. But um, uh, then on the flip side of that, <laughs> um, you've got a song like New Year, New Me. Yeah. Uh, which I believe they put out just a few days ago. Wouldn't make sense, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah considering the title and the themes, which is this sort of dreamy, poppy lament to all the kind of stupid goals that you set for yourself mm. around around this time of year. Um, there's that one refrain, which is something along the lines of keep hoarding books I'll never read, keep making plans I'll never keep. Yeah. Which I think is so beautiful. Um, and I think that's something they really needed to improve uh, upon with uh, you know that debut album being really really good mm. but I felt the slow songs kind of flagged a little bit yeah um, and I get it right they're slow songs but I feel like it's going to be a much more balanced record dynamically yeah. 
Um, what what do you think of Slutface? Sorry, I've kind of rabbit no, on no, a no, little bit. But... I'm trying to think. So when I was, because when did the the debut album come out? Uh, try not try not to freak out. Yeah, uh, came out in 2017. I yeah, think. so I think there was like a period where there was this. I'm trying to think of the band name now, and it's completely escaped me. But there was like an amalgamation of like five or six different bands that kind of had this kind of indie punk sensibility and for some reason Slutface just kind of got lost in the mix for me Mm -hmm. I think because I'd kind of heard a lot of bands doing that thing and I just kind of thought oh it's another band doing that thing Mm -hmm. Um, and I have it in my head and I could be completely wrong but did they play Trees a couple of years ago? They did Um, yes I believe so so that's when it changed for me because I remember seeing them and it was kind of like, as you said, it's almost that sort of a punk band doing the best pop songs or a pop band doing really good, an imitation of really good indie punk sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And again, it seems to be a running theme of what I've said. When you see it live, it's that connection of like, oh, I get this now sort of thing. And that definitely kind of like changed my perspective of Slutface. And I think like, from as you said, it's a bold move for them to put out five singles off what I'm assuming is going to be at tops a twelve song record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it has it could work in their favour in terms of it's almost kind of showing their maturity mm-hmm. and show, saying like this is where we are now compared to where we were in 2017, which I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say because everyone shows growth. But in terms of like showing, almost kind of being forward-facing and putting five songs out, mm. and those five songs not being imitations of one another, like each song has like a standout moment in my yeah, in its my own opinion. qualities. Yeah, yeah like yeah, they're, yeah. they're not like. I mean, there's. I mean, everyone's going to have a favorite song out of those five, but I think none of them, in my opinion, kind of stands out above the rest. That you might think differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think success is an amazing yeah. thing. No, I really kind of uh, connected with the uh, with the themes of New Year, New Me. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm someone that is so kind of like, oh, no, I don't set New Year's resolutions yeah, for yeah. myself, where deep down I'm like, yeah, I really do, don't <laughs> I? Um, but, you know, I think uh, what, I'm, what I'm most excited about is the fact that they are coming on a, a big old UK tour oh, uh, in March. They are playing the Joiners uh, in Southampton, which is great for me. I won't list all the cities and venues yeah, yeah. they're playing. That's the one that's important to me anyway. <laughs> um, but what I like is the fact that, yeah, we're going to see them in these, you know, uh, sweaty rock venues. But I yeah. would love to see how they do on a bigger stage. Mm. Like an academy-sized venue, or like even like opening for like um, a slightly more indie-leaning band in an arena, you know, with yeah. a big light show. Mm. And I feel like they could really use that space to their advantage. Yeah. I feel like it's something that could translate. Mm. Um, and also, when I saw them opening for Pup, uh, it was predominantly new material. So what, that, from Slutface? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. from, from Slutface, uh, and also from Pup, because yeah. they play most of Morbid stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, fantastic album. Yeah. Uh, hear more about that on Bitch and Brew's <laughs> Albums of 2019 special, available now on all streaming platforms. That was beautiful. Um, the thing is, I think the chances, and not to go into like a rant or anything, but the chances of hearing anything kind of remotely rock 
centred mm. on daytime radio these days is absolutely fucked. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd rather hear whatever Afro swing bollocks is... is or Lewis being, Capaldi. Or Lewis, Lewis Capaldi, who is uh, wonderful in every aspect apart from his music. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if, if one band gets that shot this year... Please make it slut face. Yeah, no, I can I can see that happening. Like they've definitely got the the sensibilities to kind of break that mm-hmm. that barrier. Like I disagree in some aspects because like we've had bands like Bringing the Horizon and Idols, yeah. or whatever, on mainstream radio. But I yeah, I get what you mean. Like I think that there's definitely an accessibility to to what mm-hmm. slut face do. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if off the back of I didn't even realise they were touring but off the back of the tour and a record that we see them kind of get pushed pushed to the moon yeah 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 so um, yeah uh, sorry for the late reply it's out 31st of January and then they're going to be on tour in mid-March mid to late March around the UK Uh, Slutface before we do go on just because I'm interested in the venue and how they kind of went down obviously with them playing with Pup so I've never been to the loft yet. Yeah. Okay. So, talk me through it. Like, is it a big venue? Is it? Okay. So we're talking about. Uh, I think it's five hundred capacity. Oh, okay. I thought it was a lot bigger than that for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it, it was packed out. Mm. The trouble is, uh, it's one of those venues where they can uh, adjust the capacity. Right. So there's a little side room, but the trouble is, the view of the stage is obscured for half of the side room, but that, okay. they still don't count that for the capacity. So you, there's not a great view of the stage from all angles. Okay. But it was packed from the absolute off yeah. to be honest it was a sold out show yeah uh, and um, and they I mean it's always a good sign when you get stage dives during a support band I suppose isn't so they, it? so people were going off for oh they were they okay, were for cool. sure um, and there was a lot of calls for like material from Try Not To Freak Out and oh that's like, cool then sorry we're mainly playing new stuff yeah yeah which showed to me I, th- I think you, it's really kind of um I get it, right? You've got an album coming out, but yeah. you're going to play a couple of songs from it, and then maybe play some stuff that people might know. Yeah, yeah. And they did play Nancy Drew and, and Galaxies, yeah. and I think they may have even played Pitted, mm. which is my favourite song from Try Not to yeah. Freak Out. Um, but yeah, just they showed tons of confidence, tons of charisma, really good sense of humour. Uh, I mean, like people in Scandinavia speak better English than we do, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Uh, so, uh, yeah, really, really excited to see them again and probably have a little stage dive myself. But I will be there with my camera. Just uh, don't break my camera, please. Oh, <laughs> I'm a scary, scary state. Like, I'm a scary proposition when it comes to <laughs> stage diving. I'm like 240 pounds, six foot four. I come flying in your direction. <laughs> I'm going to be... I mean, it's pretty much like Jack Black in the opening scene of School of Rock. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, Slutface. There we go. I derailed again. With with the O, with the slash through it. I'm sorry, I'm so uneducated to not know what that is. I just keep wanting to say umlaut, but I know it's wrong. It's not an umlaut. They're not Motorhead. No. Or Motley Crue. (laughs) Um... Let's go back to Leeds. Go back to Leeds, sure. that the, lovely place up north. The 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 Norway of the United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> I've never been to Leeds, so this oh, is a completely uninformed yeah. opinion. The place of 
maybe the best vegan donuts I've. It's this temple. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, so I've good. heard. So good. Uh, and you know when vegan food is good when even carnivores want to <laughs> want to try it. Um, so let's go back to Leeds. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about higher power. Higher power. You fucking lovely boys, higher power. <laughs> um, I right, full transparency. I was not a fan of this band until about a year and a half ago. So uh, Soul Structure came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. It was okay, for my opinion. Um, it just didn't tick any of my sensibilities. Like that was a a period when I was very much more into like my screamo and things like that mm-hmm. and this kind of weird sort of groovy melodic hardcore album I was sort of like with this odd kind of yelping vocal I was like yeah what is this and then lo and behold I see them live and just everything again just clicked I was like okay yeah higher power really cool but that being said, I think what has done them huge favours is just they have been on tour relentlessly. They've been both sides of the Atlantic supporting bands like Backtrack, Combat Kid, Terror, Jesus Peace. Any big hardcore band you can think of, Higher Power have definitely played with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the tail end of 2019, they announced that they're going to be doing a new record, which is called... 27 years underwater 27 miles underwater oh I was told it was years so I've got that wrong you're going to make me search this but keep talking but yeah um, they released two no is it two singles off it they've released so far uh, two singles so yeah. far yeah which are still kind of on that spectrum of the kind of weird groovy melodic hardcore but they've bought it up like by a thousand, like in terms of what they're bringing to it musically, like the guitar tone sounds dirtier and dirtier than before, whereas it sounded a lot more kind of reverby previously. Um, Jimmy, their vocalist, has kind of he still has that sort of weird Yelp scream that he does, but is kind of testing his range phenomenally. On, yeah, on the yeah, especially uh, especially the uh, single "Low Season." Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I liked Soul Structure yeah. uh, I thought it was a good record I, th- I seem to remember reviewing it for a magazine at the time and giving it four stars Yeah. Uh, but I think it was just because I, I'd obviously heard bands like um, you know the, the big bands from the we get it you like the 90s scene of hardcore mm. uh, you know your turnstiles and your angel dusts yeah, and whatever yeah. um, and, and so I didn't really have much beyond that to compare higher power yeah. to uh, you know I, I've I've since gone back and checked out all the sort of weird alternative rock bands of the late 80s Mm. early 90s that especially Jimmy gets his influence from you know like bands like Jane's Addiction and uh, and Life of Agony Mm. and uh, and all of those sorts of bands but uh, yeah it feels like uh, since Soul Structure obviously massively road tested they are a very fun live band and yeah. I, I only saw them live for the first time last year opening for Vane yeah. um, and uh, you know since then it feels like they've really kind of gone away and worked on their ability to write uh, killer hooks oh, yeah, and, and really memorable choruses and they've almost kind of improved their um, their, their self-editing uh, mm. and their discipline a little bit with 
those uh, blatant sort of nods to 90s alternative rock and hardcore. uh, Because it feels like they went very hard in on it, on on Soul Structure, and now they're kind of reining it in to something perhaps on a little bit more acceptable level. See, I I think they've kind of almost gone the opposite in some... Oh, really? Like, I think, like... They are like. Don't get me wrong. This isn't me saying they're a rip off of any of those bands because Higher Power have definitely proven they are their own band. But I think they've kind of almost shown their influences on their sleeves a lot more on this mm-hmm. record because Life of Agony being one of them. Like, there's melodic parts that scream sort of Snapcase and Life of Agony, mm-hmm. but then there's kind of that that going back to what we were saying with Loathe in terms of people making the comparison with Loathe and Deftones, I think, again, there's especially in Low Season, there is a Deftones element to what Higher Power are going to mm-hmm. for, and I think it's more fair to make that comparison than it is with Loathe, in terms of Higher Power kind of sit in that kind of weird bubble of we're heavy, but we're not that heavy, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, whereas Loathe, I think, kind of push the heaviness so yeah i think that's why for me a comparison of deftones and higher power is more comfortable sitting and i think they'd openly admit yeah we've kind of taken influences from around the fair on on this track and we've taken influences from white pony yeah and things like that and like there's even like i've been lucky enough to hear the full record there's even parts that it's kind of circus survivey and wow. it's like yeah, so this very like it's kind of very much feels like they've kind of gone. What bands do we love? We love all these bands. We're going to put them in a mix and then put what we do best on top of that. And yeah, that's, like yeah, that's kind of it's really exciting when a band realizes what their sound is, but then brings in their influences elsewhere. So, yeah. Uh, I'm very much excited. You're such a bastard for having heard the record already, <laughs> which I can confirm is is called Twenty Seven Miles oh, Underwater. I do apologise, uh, and it's coming out on Roadrunner. Yeah, um, which is again like I think is a really kind of not a bold move from Roadrunner, but it's kind of a statement of intent because if you look over the last two years, well, if you include this year, three years, they've put out a Turnstile record, which was phenomenal. They put out an Angel Dust record, which was phenomenal. So they're putting out Higher Power, who yeah. are friends with both of those bands. You know this is going to be a fucking phenomenal record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I feel like I should mention, uh, you know, we're saying they're a really fun live band, and they've they've kind of um, they've earned their place among the absolute greats of hardcore. Oh, definitely. Um, some of the some of the all timers, you know. Mm. Um, and and kind of showed their worth on those stages in front of those crowds. What I'm really interested in is they're going to be supporting Beartooth yeah, on their UK and European tour later this year, um, including a date at the Roundhouse. Mm. Now, like, colour me intrigued to see a band <laughs> like Higher Power yeah. at, at the Roundhouse, because it feels like on choruses like this new track, Low Season... Uh, which again we're probably going to do like a playlist so you yeah. can go and check this out um, but uh, you know I, I would love to see whether you know they, they kind of play to those crowds a little bit and mm. kind of get everyone waving one arm along to like <laughs> I'm low yeah I get I get that vibe I, 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 the, the term 
breakthrough. Because yeah. we're looking at bands who we think are going to really kind of make a statement in 2020. Yeah. The term breakthrough is so different to what it was 10 or like 20 years ago mm. even. But I think if higher power were to break the mould and kind of, uh, you know, hold their own against like the bare tooth mm. uh, type crowds... Uh, you know, and on before the fucking Amity affliction, which is like, you know, all the best lads. Um, <laughs> it would be ace if they broke the mould. Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree. Because they are authentic as fuck. Yeah. They really are. And it, it takes me back to like days of like having Kerrang! TV mm. and I would be interested in everything about the bands, not just the music, but the kind of visual stimulus yeah. as well. They are a very um, aesthetically interesting band yeah. and and you know we were saying earlier aesthetics with a band you know with with loathe or with uh you know slutface or or any of the bands that we've been talking about today um aesthetics just add another little something yeah. to the to to uh, to the equation mm. to your to your kind of level of intrigue yeah and i feel like uh they're just ticking all the boxes for yeah. me at the moment and, and like again not to sort of play spoilers on here but like low season is an example of the band kind of because i think like soul structure did have songs where there were in the in the typical sense of a hardcore song like gang vote like bits where people could sing along and mm-hmm. join in with so we've already seen it in low season there's other tracks on this record where they have clearly gone for a verse chorus structure, which is very unusual for hardcore bands mm-hmm. to do. Um, so that's kind of the approach that Higher Power are coming from. And then just to add on to what you were saying, like I, I maybe saw them four times last year. The last being when they did the, the run with Backtrack, which was Backtrack's last ever London show. And I was stood with a group of friends and we were all like, oh, I've seen Higher Power so many times this year. Like, it's cool, but it's kind of a little bit of fatigue. Yeah. But as soon as they play, like, you just can't help but, like, being sort of almost, like, vacuumed into <laughs> what they're doing. So to the fact that they are doing a bigger tour with bands that, that they maybe not necessarily be associated with is really, really cool. And I really do hope that they kind of, as you say, break that mould and mm-hmm. kind of find that lane between DIY hardcore and the more mainstream, not hardcore, but metal, I guess, kind of metal sort mm-hmm. of side of things. So it'd be really cool if... I think, like, the two kind of bands that we've both agreed on, like, in when we were talking about doing this episode were Higher Power and Loathe mm-hmm. and I think those are the two bands that you will see crossing over fields and I think you'll see them kind of have like symmetrical paths in 2020 mm-hmm. but for different reasons yeah yeah absolutely kind of a, a parallel path yes yeah that's the word I was looking for not symmetrical <laughs> and it was 27 miles underwater yes, uh, is apologize. the name of uh, Higher Power's new record it's coming out on the 24th of January uh, on Roadrunner Records and they are supporting Beartooth around the UK and Europe on insert month here because he forgot to write it down uh, I want to say March but yeah I want it, it's, it's sometime around the spring yeah but if you're going to that turn up early for, for Higher Power yeah 
Uh, for me, that's a higher power and an early night. Uh, <laughs> no, that's something I quite like. Beartooth. Um, I saw them at download, and they were quite they were quite fun. Can't to be fair. fucking stand the amity affliction. No. Uh, load of toss. Um, I tell you, who isn't a load of toss though? Or oh, seam- segue. Seamless segue, and that's not even a like a higher power reference. No, no, because um, their singles called seem seamless. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just checking that you, they knew you, as well. You had to, to explain it. And the, you, the people you made it living, weird. the people living in the microphone, just had to check that it got them as well. Did you get it? No. Okay. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yes, certainly a band who are not shit. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be on this list. Haggard Cat. Uh, again, friends of the podcast. We've had them on before. Um, so Haggard Cat. Uh, what can I tell you that I haven't told you about them already? Uh, I said I would do pick a bunch of bands I haven't spoken about before. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't spoken about Haggard Cat as much as they really deserve to be spoken yeah. about. Uh, so Nottingham, UK is where Haggard Cat are from. I don't know why I said that like Yoda. Um, but they are a two-piece uh, comprising Matt Reynolds and Tom Marsh. Um, and uh, let's just get this out of the way really early. They obviously uh, have kind of... Um, flourished or or blossomed maybe is a is a better word mm. in the wake of um heck yeah uh parting ways yeah um but one thing that people don't really like recognize or know even know about Hacker cat is Hacker cat actually existed before heck oh, okay. formerly known as baby gods yeah baby heckzilla um were even a band Haggard oh, okay. Cat came first, right, from I what I understand that. anyway. Yeah. Or they, they they may have even formed around the same time, yeah. but they are not a new band off the back of Heck splitting up. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason I wanted to bring them to today's podcast, uh, they're bringing out an album on the 13th of March called Common Sense Holiday, mm. uh, of which we've heard two tracks so far, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. But up to this point... Uh, I think Haggard Cat have done incredibly well to work their way out of the shadow yeah. of Heck slash yeah. Baby Godzilla. Uh, let's just call him Heck because um, that was their final yeah. name. Um, I think it's really it's, this is this has got to really kind of uh, play on their minds a lot as well. I'd imagine uh, not to assume too much, uh, but it must be hard enough for one member to kind of step out and do something else mm. only for fans to hold them to the standard of what they did before yeah yeah let alone two members from the same band and there not being any other members in the yeah. band you know um so i think people people let's face it do really need to move on from the fact that oh it's two of the blokes from that band that used to run around and jump yeah. on things and climb on things and hang off of things yeah. and uh, you know, actually ended up writing really good songs, but at that point it was too late and people didn't give a shit and yeah. then they broke up, which is a crying, crying shame because that last Heck record was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, were you a fan? I wasn't, but I'll, I'll reserve what I was, I'm going to say in a minute. So. Right, okay, fine. Uh, so, you know, something, something that really I don't think was given enough uh, credit 
certainly towards uh, Matt and Tom is that they just wrote some brilliant, brilliant songs. Yeah. Uh, and people just saw the, oh, they're mad live, you know, uh, and they didn't really see beyond that. And now uh, that it's been a couple of years since Hecker split up, and again, I realise I'm adding fuel to the fire here by constantly bringing up Heck. Let's talk about Haggard Cat as yeah. a band in their own right, as they yeah. deserve to be. Um, they are a band who... Uh, in the last couple of years since releasing the album Challenger Mm. uh, again a sort of fantastic bluesy loose swaggering screaming at times rock album Um, they've they've kind of uh, shown their absurd level of persistence and also work rate Mm. it's amazing the amount of uh, tours they've been on the amount of time they've spent on the road the amount of festivals they've been at kind of um, showing uh, like almost kind of proving their worth again hitting the reset button and kind of going forget what you've seen before this this is what we are kind of now yeah Um, and yeah I mean they are becoming one of the, the not even becoming I think they are at this point just one of the most kind of live wire bands in mm. the UK full stop not yeah. just on stage and I realise this is a, a kind of a common theme as we talk about these bands that a lot of these bands are really proving their worth live which yeah. kind of hammers home the fact you should go and see bands live <laughs> yeah. go to your local music venue and see these bands on tour and music doesn't them. just exist on your phone on Spotify people. exactly exactly god we're so old but yeah let's go with it um so haggard cat tim right what what are your thoughts so i kind of am one of those people that was like well it's not heck but for different reasons so i could not stand heck at all like musically it was kind of interesting but so i remember seeing them years ago when they were baby godzilla yeah uh, at the edge of the wedge, weirdly enough, which is a stone's throw away from where we are sat right now, mm-hmm. um, and Matt and the other guitarist, what was it bassist? I can't remember. Uh, Johnny. Yeah, were literally like you couldn't make out what they were playing. They were just running around, and as soon as that happened, I was like, I'm out. Like that for me is not what music is. Like there's having a gimmick and there's not just not playing your instruments. Mm-hmm. But then obviously they kind of did sort of reputable records and stuff. So I thought I'll kind of give them a second chance, but just still didn't sit well with me. And then I'm now I'm kind of giving a history here, but it will make sense. Bear with me. They obviously did their last, Heck did their last show at Art Tangent. Mm-hmm. Where, Announced it like the day before. Yeah. But where at one point, every single member, including the drummer, was in the crowd and again, I, I know it was their last show, but I was just sort of like, I'm out. I, I don't get it. I don't get why so many people love this band. So when they announced Haggard Cat, I'd instantly checked out. Because mm-hmm. I was like, it's just going to be, well, at this point, Baby Godzilla Mark Three. So I was just like, I have no interest in this whatsoever. And I think that's the way, I don't think you're going to be alone yeah. in that. Um and then I think the first cover of, I think they did the EP or demo or whatever it was first right yeah, yeah checked it out I was like okay it's interesting it's not heck so but I still didn't really care for it yeah um, and then they played again funnily enough 2000 Trees 
and you were insistent that we go and watch them. Mm-hmm. So we went and watched them, and I wasn't blown away, but I was like, okay, this is quite interesting because what they were doing musically was interesting. It wasn't just wanking a fretboard and jumping around. It was yeah. actual structure to it. And then obviously they released the the record and as you put it, they have blossomed. They have definitely become a band that are kind of, I guess kind of almost capturing what the UK is at the moment Mm -hmm. in terms of, they've kind of got that fuck you attitude. They've got that, we're going to do what we want. But it somehow has this kind of weird, loose jazz element to Mm -hmm. it sometimes that then becomes a rock song. It's just like, it has the elements of heck that I hated, but ironed out into a really clever way, if that makes <laughs> sense. Um, and, like, they have definitely become, like, a staple of the UK now. Like, they yeah. are a band in their own right, and, like, I am one of those people that now says, right, no, this is Haggard Cat. I need to displace this from what I hated, because yeah. this is good. And, like... I think the fact that they just did a tour with Jamie Lenman is kind of... During which they were fantastic and, dare I say, maybe even as good as Jamie Lenman that night. Yeah. And that's Jamie fucking Lenman. But, like, that that just shows credit to, like, okay, they may have a bit of pull because they are ex-members of Heck, but it shows credit that they have built up the Haggard Cat mm-hmm. brand, so to say, to the point that they can go on tour with someone like Jamie Lenman and it not be weird and that they, as you said I wasn't at that show, but that they held their own and they are building up, or as you again mentioned, they've kind of hit the reset button and mm-hmm. they're going again And but f- in my personal opinion, they're doing it right this time. Yeah. And that, yeah, I just think they're like if they're not already on people's radar 2020 they are definitely going to be on people's radars yeah because if this sounds like it's going to be a little bit obscure for you again what we have to remember is it's also rooted in really good songwriting oh most definitely um let's let's talk about the single first words yeah uh which is this kind of huge stonery desert rock mm. uh number it, it reminds me very much of like Quinta stone age caius yeah anything with josh homie on it basically well to to quote yourself and brad thorne it's got riffs. It's got riffs, that's for sure. Um, and this is going to be a bit of a weird comparison. Um, and it's actually in reference to a band that, contrary to some opinions, I genuinely really like. Uh, if it was a song by Royal Blood, I I really, I really, really like Royal yeah. Blood. I think that first I, no, Royal no, Blood album... No, no, I can just see where you're going with this. I honestly. think that first Royal Blood album is... is phenomenal yeah. it's a really really great album and, and an album that kind of gave us hope that actually guitar music <laughs> yeah. wasn't wasn't quite uh you know extinct on a on a yeah. mainstream level at that point still yet to see if that you know pulls through because yeah. that second album was really not as good um but if first words was a song by royal blood the masses uh, on the main stage at, at reading or mm. glastonbury would Eat it up. Yeah, they would absolutely lap it up, and it's got a lovely little guest vocal from uh, from the aforementioned Mr. Lemon. Yeah, um, and then they've got a song like European Hardware, which uh, they've kind of referenced as the their kind of more political take on the three minute punk rock thrasher. I mm. think is the the phrase they used. 
Um, did you see the thing that they did uh, for it? The little sort of uh, press stunt where they spent twenty four hours in a sort of self contained uh, structure no. that, that was barely big enough to fit the two of them. And it was uh, just kind of a walled structure for 24 hours to kind of dem- demonstrate the potential effects of touring mu- uh, of uh, of Brexit on touring musicians. I did not. No, it's fantastic. They, they they've uh, done a video for European Hardware to uh, illustrate. Right. That. Okay. I'm gonna check but, that out. You know, little touches like that. I just think, wow, yeah. that's really interesting in this day and age, and kind of ties into that. Well, now I'm invested in the visual stimulus yeah, of it all yeah. as well. Um, I really do think, you know, 2020 will be the year that, de- de- like, I don't want to say that people will forget about Heck, because yeah. in my opinion, they aren't a band that are worth forgetting. I think they're just, uh, they're a band I miss dearly, yeah. obviously, but I'm I'm much happier for the fact that, uh, you know, Hack and Cat are prospering yeah. beyond just being, oh, it's the two guys from Heck. Yeah. Um, I just think... I, I just think if you like if you like metal, if you like rock, if you like blues, if you like a band like Clutch, mm. oh my god, please put this band on a tour with Clutch. Because <laughs> I, I saw Clutch at the end of last year and they were fantastic yeah, yeah. and they had like a load of blues rock bands supporting them. Oh, and I just okay, imagine cool. someone a little more live wire like Haggard Cat opening yeah. would still go down really well. But uh, they're opening on tour with, uh, they're opening for In Me. Yeah, uh, pretty much weird. I think starting next week yeah um, and then they're going to be on tour with um, uh, they're doing a few dates with Elvana which is the oh, Elvis fronted Nirvana <laughs> yeah. tribute band um, I mean sure fine yeah. I think that's just testament to their work rate but I think like it's not just their work rate I think like that goes back to what I was saying in terms of they have that kind of rocky element but they have as you mentioned like the bluesy elements and stuff and it's mm-hmm. like they are a band that as we mentioned toured with Jamie Lemon and you can see them slotting in almost anywhere mm-hmm. and not being completely out of place yeah like they will find an audience some way like even if it's just one person at that Elvana show that one person will go away, you're having cat fan sort of thing. There, there, there will definitely not be one person I'm, at yeah, that Elvana yeah. show because they are somehow massive. No, no, I mean like as in one person like that digs Haggard Cat. Oh, right. I yeah. mean, yeah. I thought you meant just one person. I in mean, general. that would be really awkward. <laughs> oh, Teen Spirit. <laughs> no, those venues are massive. Uh, yeah, so uh, Haggard Cat, and um, just a reminder, the the album. It's called Common Sense Holiday. Which is what, brilliant. Yeah. Again, another brilliant <laughs> what, what album record. Brilliant live bands. Bands with awesome kind of aesthetic uh, music videos um, and and excellent album titles. That's 2020 yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. Let's, let's face it. Um, so yeah, Haggard Cat and go and listen to Common Sense Holiday when it comes out on the 13th of March. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, let's go to one of your bands next. Um, I think you've introduced me to this band before because we took a little road trip uh, this year up to um, uh, the the Slam Dunk Festival. The Slam Dunk, we did indeed. Yeah, we went to the Slam Dunk Festival place, um, and I think you were playing this band probably among like on shuffle among other artists as well. But um, closer, closer, not closer, because I got this wrong as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. 
says closer. Closer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, they are from New York City. They are indeed. I well, believe. I think uh, drummer and vocalist Ryan Slauson has now moved, but the other two members are from New York, I believe. Right. But yeah, they are classed as a New York band. Yes. So, yeah, they are a three-piece post-hardcore screamo band. I think that's the best fair assessment. Um, I kind of came across this band just by chance. So they are signed to uh, a record label that I'm a big fan of called uh, Middleman Records, mm-hmm. who put out phenomenal like screamo records, mainly from the States. Um, and they put out their debut um, record, All This Will Be. Um, so I thought, as is a Middleman Records release, I will check it out. And literally just fell in love with it it's just raw emotion blast beats cool little jangly riffs it ticks so many boxes for me um and yeah i I just instantly kind of fell in love with this band and then they got announced to play um a festival over in germany called mr stars that i go to pretty much every year i'm not sure if i'm going this year at the moment but that's a different matter. It's essentially the 2000 Trees uh, of... It's essentially what 2000 Trees is to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, pop, pop a penny in the 2000 Trees jar every yeah, time I mention yeah. it. Every time you mention Mr. Stars yeah. on just an inside. Yeah, exactly. An angel gets its wings. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had the opportunity to, to see them live and the tracks, again, with, it seems to be a running theme, but like the tracks live just had an added level of sort of raw rawness and emotion to them um was lucky enough to have uh their drummer ryan on my podcast just mm-hmm. insight so go check that one out um and they are a wonderful person they are one of the nicest kindest people that i've spoken to and had the chance to meet like we hung out at mr star so this may sound like i'm kissing their ass a little bit but they're a band that for me are just kind of epitomise what sort of the screamo sound is at the moment in sort of 2018-19 mm-hmm. going into 2020 like there's bands like Closer like Shinguard like Frail Body that are just doing these really cool interesting things within screamo that isn't just like scratching your fretboard blast beats and then really visceral screams over the top it's interesting intricate music with real emotion behind it hence mm-hmm. screamo um and i hope i'm not speaking out of turn and speaking for them but ryan is very open in sort of their struggles with depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. things like that and that's something that comes across really prevalently on uh, all this will be and i think like going forward i know they've just, I think they've just finished recording the new record. Yeah, they just finished recording it before Christmas. Yeah, as I, as I understand from my social media research. Yeah. Um, and judging from like chats that I've had with Ryan and just stuff that they've posted on social media, it kind of seems like those struggles that they have are kind of seeping even more so into this music because they have like they've got a lot of personal struggles as well as having. Again, apologies if I'm speaking out of turn, but they I know they have a long-distance relationship, which is 
struggle for anyone in that mm-hmm. situation, let alone someone that is struggling with anxiety. So it's kind of all those things putting into that music. And I love bands that are so open with those issues and transform that into their art. So to see a band that are doing that and are passionate about what they do is just, it. T- as I said, it ticks so many boxes for me. So that's why I really want this band to, to succeed in everything that they do. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can add much more to that, really. Um, <laughs> uh, no, the, the, I, I have not seen this band live yet. In fact, uh, you know, after kind of... Um, Hearing them in passing in your car mm. um, when you kind of brought these ones to the podcast is is the first time I kind of really went in yeah. on all this will be. It's it's a great record, yeah. really, really great. I've only had the chance to listen to it a couple of times, but uh, try and picture kind of um, uh, Brutus, uh, and I'm not yeah. saying that because you know three piece vocalist and drummer. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not j- just saying that, but it's kind of like Brutus uh, meets. Almost like birds in row, uh, kind yeah, of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I can fully, I fully agree. With I that. think Frail Body as well. If you like the Frail Body record from last year, which I know was a real kind of cult hit within the yeah. uh, screamo and, and post hardcore circles, um, then then you would fucking love this band. Yeah. You could do a hell of a lot worse. Um, I honestly listened to it and I was like, this is such a Tim Burt band. <laughs> I swear, swear down, it's a it's a it's a Tim Burt band for sure. Um, and I'd be very interested to listen back to that episode of just yeah. an insight with Ryan on. They seem, I mean, they they just put themselves so, across so bluntly on this record. Mm. It's such yeah. a, it's, it just hits you, hits you right in the feels. Yeah, I mean, like the track Hardly Art, is it Hardly Art? I've probably got that wrong. Yeah, I'm really yeah. bad at song names. But like, it's either Hardly Art or uh, Gift Shop is the other. Yeah, um, is the other. Um, single but like you could call it from the record just like that kind of like repetitive lyric of all I want is something familiar yes that is hardly art yeah it's Mm -hmm. just like that's something that's so like can connect with anyone Mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily have to be like a fan of heavy music like that's just something that anyone can gravitate to and it's such a simple line but just the fact that it's screamed over what is really nice guitars but then becomes really aggressive is just really nice well it's, it's just nice isn't it's it? it's just nice but like it, it goes from being like this twinkly kind of almost indie-esque guitars to then being really hard and aggressive is testament to what that sound is that they're mm-hmm. going for um and yeah i'm just i'm just really excited to to hear where things are going to go with this with this next record. So yeah, they they are called Closer. Closer. Uh, and yeah, we hope to have a record from them out. I, th- I think they're aiming like summertime. Yeah. From my understanding, it's but, finished. Yeah, yeah. They they just finished recording the record, and after hearing all this will be uh, kind of retrospectively. Colour Me, very intrigued yeah. with that one. Uh, yeah, so go and check them out. They are called Closer, and they're from New York City. Indeed. Um, so, let's let's stick in the States, shall we? Yeah, let's take, a, let's take a trip down to Wichita, Kansas, I believe, is where this next band are based. Um, don't know. <laughs> oh, right. Well, no, this is one of your bands, really. Uh, they call themselves, well, they're, they're, they're sort of self-proclaimed purveyors of loud 
which which I really like from their bio. Yeah. And yes, uh, to fill in fill in the blanks, I believe they are from Wichita, Kansas. Um, research. Um, <laughs> this band are called Gulch. Now, am I saying that one right? Gulch. No, they're from. I thought they were from Cali, but I could be wrong now. Oh well. You talk away, and I'll yeah. find out. Um, yeah, Gulch. They are. I mean, they are as. Danny said the soft purveyors of just noise like they if you needed to, to sum up what again what Danny has said as a Tim Birkbeck band Gulch are a Tim Birkbeck band fast aggressive blast beats horrible vocals two stepping bits beat down bits mosh bits done and like they are so in 2000 sort of 17 18 well, when when did Arizona come out? That was eighteen, was eighteen. It? Yeah. So, two, if two thousand eighteen was the year of Vane, two thousand twenty is going to be the year of Gulch, in my opinion. Really? Like they're already so much hype surrounding this band. Like they played FYA Fest um, in the states last weekend, and literally they dropped a bit of merch, and there was so much hype for a bit of merch. Like that's how like hyped people are for this band already mm. like they've released an EP and a promo tape yeah. which is an indication that the promo t- well it's called promo 2019 so it lends you to think that there's going to be at least another EP if not a full length this year um, but yeah they're just oh, they're just so horrible they're so good mm-hmm. like their vocalist has one of those piercing voices that I just absolutely love. Like, there's, as, as I mentioned, it's just got everything that I love about hardcore rolled into a nice, tight little package. Yeah. In terms of it's fast, it's aggressive, it's got a bit that you can mosh to, and then you're out, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that if you aren't already aware of Gulch, by the end of 2020, you're definitely going to be aware of Gulch. I, you know, I think. Uh... Wichita, Kansas. By oh, the way. okay. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, twice I've been proven wrong. So that that 2019, <laughs> just that's what I'm here to do, <laughs> just to prove you wrong. Um, so uh, that 2019 promo cassette, yeah. the fact it doesn't even have like a proper title, no, is 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 so kind of grebo, isn't it? But that's like that's a thing at the moment, especially in US hardcore. Like, mm. You just put out a demo and you call it demo tape. That's like I don't know why it's just Fair a enough. thing at the moment. I uh, I I have literally only listened to that 2019 promo cassette. Yeah, uh, which is two tracks, uh, a total of four minutes and eleven seconds. Yeah, and oh, what an Aggie! Uh, horrible four minutes and yeah. eleven seconds. That's the thing. I think in total, that I is. think they only have about less than 20 minutes of music like I think that's their discography at the moment so say they get like a 20 minute set they play play everything they've written basically fuck yeah I mean you know listening to those and and this is the thing I'm not going to really say much on this bearing in mind I have only listened to that promo set uh, which is good I like it Um, I, I think it's a real kind of throwback to almost like a time when it was, you know, the the subgenre was hardcore punk rock. Yeah. And uh, it was much more associated with the rock side of things than it was with 
like the metal side of things mm. you know the way yeah. the way and this is uh, i know uh, basically saying this in front of someone who is an encyclopedia on hardcore <laughs> uh you know uh, it, it definitely feels like it kind of predates when hardcore became much more of a metallic thing oh yeah definitely uh and it was you know it, it's the way how um like where where Dave Grohl comes from, mm. uh, like have you ever seen the really old episode of What's in My Bag that Dave Grohl is on? No. Where he basically just picks out a bunch of uh, seven inches. Oh, sick! And he'll always refer to it as hardcore punk rock. Yeah, yeah. Not hardcore, not hardcore punk, hardcore punk rock. Yeah. And I just think it's it's kind of throwback to like the days of like the Bad Brains and, yeah. and bands like that. Um, yeah, it's definitely like they're definitely students of of where hardcore has come from kind mm-hmm. of thing I, I believe like they're members of other bands as well I'm not 100% sure what bands mm-hmm. but like so they're definitely pulling influences from the sort of earlier hardcore like the Cro-Mags like even though Cro-Mags was a bit more metallic but like sort of there's elements of Bad Brains there's elements of Cro-Mags there's elements of even kind of Minor Threat to to some extent but it's still kind of got that sort of ferocity that we are kind of seeing in bands like Trail of Lies, Regulate, uh, Inclination, mm-hmm. and even to to extent their peers in Dying Wish that we've already mentioned. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, there's definitely that swell of bands that are kind of coming through at the moment. And, like, it seems to be a thing at the, at the moment in the States as well. Like, bands not having much of a, a social media presence or anything mm-hmm. so Gulch and a band called Division of Mind are very much like this they like they don't have any social media they literally just have their band camp where they put their music out mm-hmm. um, and they, they've somehow still built up a massive internet hype and that's, just that's bearing that. in the mind where streaming and social media is everything yeah, yeah exactly so it just goes to prove that like again from live shows like it is that element of like people seeing them live having incredible merch game mm-hmm. and those two worlds colliding with great music that people are wanting to hear and see this band yeah cool I, I want to hear more for sure yeah um, and I was just looking through their bio actually uh, and the uh, by the way the, the band uh, that they came from before uh, that apparently two of the members uh, were in the band Hostility okay who yeah. put out a record on Century Media in the mid 90s there you go uh, but apparently uh, these guys have played with the likes of uh, Soulfly yeah um, Seven Dust Clutch Again, Crowbar, um, Acid Bath, Caius, Life of Agony, Pissing Razors, uh, Napalm Death. I think you might be looking at a different gulch. I might actually be looking at a different gulch. Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound like that. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. <laughs> this happened... Oh, Christ. Right, well... This has been lovely. Uh, I've been totally misinformed about the whole fucking band. No, well, no, you've got most of it, right? Yeah. And you've listened to the demo, so... Yeah, well, that's it, and that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters, and I say, like... <laughs> Fuck's sake. But, like, they've... As I say, they, they're, they are, like, one of the up-and-coming bands in hardcore. Like, as they've just done FYA. Probably by the time this comes out, they'll have done... I can never get this right, right on the right way... LDB Fest, I think. 
yeah, it's another like American hardcore fest, and yeah, they're just like they're they're playing with they're kind of doing what Vane did mm-hmm. in before Arizona came out, so that's why I kind of feel like this year will be if if Gulch release a record this year, this will be sort of their year, like the Arizona made Vane. Yeah, and they'll end up on stages with Clutch and, <laughs> and Napalm Death and Soulfly. There, there we go. go. We can only hope. Gulch, Gulch, who may or may not be from Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> See, that's why I thought they're from Cali, but... Yeah. We'll go. We'll stick with it. It's cool. I'm going to trust you on this one. <laughs> right. One more band to talk about, then one we're going to piss off. Uh, right. So, we're coming back over to the UK for the last band, um, and they are called Clip Drip. Which, when I first saw it, I thought it was called Control-Alt-Delete, but... <laughs> It's definitely not. That's not even close. No, my eyes just saw saw the letters, and my brain did a thing. Well, because the the eyes have been removed. Yeah. Um, in in Clitdrip, Clitdrip, uh, Um, and um, I originally, I mean, it was open to interpretation, I think, and it wasn't until um, Tom from Gender Roles came on the podcast uh, for the Bitchin Festival preview of Arc Tangent and bigged them up as one of the bands he was looking forward yeah. to seeing that weekend, that he did confirm that that it was not Cult Drop, as I thought. <laughs> and they were, in fact, called Clip Drip. Yeah. Uh, which, before even hearing a note of music, kind of puts out the vibe that yeah, you're going to get with this band. Uh, they are based uh, just along the coast in Brighton. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, although they come from everywhere. They're, they're based in Brighton. Uh, but Annie, their singer, is uh, from Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Daphne, their uh, drummer, is, I believe, from... Uh, may even be from Greece. Uh, so, home of Firewind and Rotting Christ and... <laughs> yeah. Um, Euro and... 20... No, 2004 winners. Was it? I think, I don't know, football in it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> football's fake. Um, and their guitarist um, is from Southampton, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I haven't really referred to um, uh, to artist bios uh, much in this episode. I mean, look where it got me with Gulch. <laughs> um, but I did want to refer to um, uh, a fantastic bio on, on Clitrip's uh, Facebook page. Um, written by Milo Don Clark, uh, who described Clipdrip as somewhere between EDM-inspired electropunk and quasi-satirical female pop. Yeah, I yeah. mean that that that's good. I I've picked out a line from the bio because I don't even know where to fucking start with this band and how awesome they are. Yeah, I like to quote Brad Thorne. They kind of feel like an important band, but. Yes, like, <laughs> but he's still here in spirit. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't. There's just so much that kind of, even as you, we've already sort of said before, you even get to the music. There's so much to unpackage mm-hmm. that when you kind of unpackage that, and then listen to the music, you're like, oh, this part of it now makes sense. But now I need to do this bit of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that like. I was not really familiar with them until Arctangent. Um, Which I did not see them at and, and have still not yet seen them live. I, I caught a little bit of them mm-hmm. because I think I was going 
somewhere else whilst they were playing. Right, okay. So I kind of, I, I only heard like about two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like, yeah, as you say, like when you listen to it, there's so much to kind of unravel, but in the best way, like mm-hmm. it brings you in, like I've, I've completely forgotten their, their vocalist name already. Annie. But Annie. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she uses lyrics to trans. Uh, can't even think of the word what am I trying to say here Danny I think <laughs> where so I think maybe a disclaimer at this point uh, with the kind of uh, thematic content of Clip Drip's music uh, I feel like it's fair to say that we are two cis white yes. blokes yeah. we're a couple of fucking geezers <laughs> um, and um and there are themes in Clitrip's music, yeah. which uh, we can uh, the you know we can kind of empathise yes. with, um, but we have the privilege to kind of never be subjected, yeah, yeah, to some of the shit that you know people like Annie uh, clearly get subjected mm. to. Let's put it that way, yeah. Right? And uh, I mean, there's been lots of bands who have. Uh, lots of brilliant bands who have made their voices heard in the mm. last couple of years through just vitriolic rage. Yeah. Uh, whether that is, you know, the the kind of um, anarcho uh, post hardcore punk of Petrol Girls, yeah, uh, band that we do love dearly on this podcast, or the kind of uh, grungy alt rock of Milk Teeth, mm. all the way through to the uh, tormented, horrific. Death folk of Lingua Ignota. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I think Clip Drip deviate from those bands is, and this isn't to say that, well, I mean, it's certainly not the case with Lingua Ignota. This isn't to say that, uh, you know, Petrol Girls and Milk Teeth and bands like that don't know how to write, like, great, catchy songs. Yeah. But Clip Drip almost restore a little sense of camaraderie and fun to the proceedings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, clearly they have an important message and they deliver it with a degree of fury mm. and, and kind of punk rock bile. Um, but there's also an incredible sense of humour. It's, it's really, really kind of razor sharp wit and really yeah. acerbic. And really unflinching mm. at times. Uh, all you've got to do is listen to the song "Speak to My." Yeah, and and the kind of lyrics of that song mm. are just unreal. And and the kind of um, the almost uh, I don't want to say it's it's not serious because it is yeah. it is serious, but just the way that Annie kind of well speak to my pussy, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of is. Is is almost kind of is it's very funny. Yeah. Um I think what is what I was trying to sort of say is it's not almost kind of like some of the bands that you mentioned, obviously the a lot of them they do have the clear message and stuff. But with what Click Drip do, it's it's in the name, it's almost front and centre. Yeah. And it's almost kind of that element of this is what we're going to talk... Kind of similar to Lingua Ignota, I guess, in some aspects. It's like, we're putting this out on the table. This is what we're going to talk about. If you don't like it, fuck off. Yeah. Sort of thing. Whereas with bands more... like Leaning more milk teeth mm-hmm. than Petrol Girls, I guess. There's a more kind of a feel to... They've 
structured the song around yeah. what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, no, this is the song, then we'll build everything around it. Yeah. So, yeah. I and get... Clit Drip almost sit in like a weird middle point, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Because we should probably talk about the music as well. Yeah. The most important part of it, if you ask me. Uh, you know, uh, and it is this absolutely baffling mix of uh, indie garage punk, I yeah. suppose. Uh, with these um, harsh, abrasive electronics yeah. that just um, completely blindside you. And that's like, I think this weird, like you're saying about the kind of the indie element of it, it kind of almost reminds me of like the, like the indie side of it, almost kind of like early garbage. But Ooh, the, but yeah, that's then, a good point. But it is like, you, you're kind of like, having a lovely time mm-hmm. and then as you say just this like weird like wall of, wall of sound yeah just comes out of nowhere and you're just knocked for six yeah sort of thing it's the audio equivalent of an RKO <laughs> um, out of nowhere out of nowhere um, and um, uh, I have heard now you've seen a little bit of them live but yeah. I've heard that uh, their guitarist whose name unfortunately escapes me I apologise uh, does all of the uh, electronic elements uh, live using pedals. Oh, okay. I mean, I couldn't really see. I was sort of out of the back of the That is mad, yeah. if you ask me. Listen to the sounds that they do create. Because there, there is also elements, you know, we say about garbage, there's elements of Riot Girl in mm. there, and there's elements of, like, almost like... I, I think I saw one review saying that they were like the Prodigy meets Peaches... I mean that's not wrong to <laughs> yes, be fair yes. and, and you do think about that that Peaches song is it Fuck the Pain Away yeah 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 <laughs> and it, it is you know they're, they're, you could say it is a little bit like that yeah but yeah for the, for the 21st century yeah um, and oh my god I'm so excited to see this band live yeah that we I've literally only heard four songs there are four songs on Spotify yeah. like I said Speak to My I think is the standout also see, Body, body Brews as is well is it any, any Man? Is that, is that the one? I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. I'm going, you talk away. I'm going to get the song out. Cause... Um, but you would. I, th- I think uh, I would at least hope for an EP this year. Here's Any Man. I was right. Any, that's, any that's, Man? That's the one that I like. Oh. Oh, right. I'm now listening to Code Orange. I do apologise. It's okay. Well, that's what I'm going to do as soon as we're done recording here. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I have to cook. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just. It's it's a bit of an open ended one this because I feel like anything could happen with Clip Drip in yeah. in twenty in twenty twenty. Don't know if there's an EP coming yet or a full length album. Uh, they are doing shows in February with uh, a brilliant band signed to Big Scary Monsters called In Technicolor. Oh okay. Uh, members of Delta Sleep yeah, among yeah. other bands, but more of like a stoner band to yeah. be honest. Um, so may even venture out to one of those dates just to see whether they do do all of it live. Yeah, yeah, Even if they don't, I think I would have an outrageous time at a Clit Drip show. Yeah, I mean, despite what their lyrical content is, like, you can kind of feel like they'll be a bit of a party band. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of, like, yeah, let's get fucked up, but, like, in terms of you're going to have a nice time. Yeah. Sort of thing. And, and also, Annie, a bit like what we said about Dying Wish earlier, um, 
weird comparison, I know, <laughs> but uh, she's got an incredible voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she can she can deliver all these really kind of razor sharp quips. Yeah, but she is also she can wail. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> um, and yeah, oh, I, before we wrap this up, um, shout out to Riot Act podcast who did their big. Uh, fat quiz, the year. quiz yeah. yeah, big fat alternative quiz. Did you watch this? I didn't. I listened to it. Listen to yeah. it. Um, Annie teamed up with uh, M from, from Nervous, Nervous, yeah, and combined their band names to make the best quiz see, team name ever. Uh, they were called uh, Nervous Milky Clip Drip. That was it. <laughs> it's just yeah. obscene. Yeah, but brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if you're gonna name your but your pub quiz team anything then yeah you're not going to top that to be fair no no i mean we can't go into pub quiz team events <laughs> right now we've all heard quiz on my face way too many times <laughs> and on that note uh those are you're your quiz on my face aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> that that brings us to the end of our 10 bitching bands for 2020 indeed uh real great mixed bag there yeah i mean um, like there's some that i'm definitely now looking forward to hearing more of than I was like the ones that you picked out I think I'm more I'm not wearing this well the ones that you picked are compared to the ones that I picked I'm more excited to hear what they're doing than I was prior to having this chat well that makes sense yeah no the feeling is definitely mutual actually especially with bands like Gold where I was like yeah "Yeah, this is cool but the way you've kind of talked talked them up yeah makes me much more intrigued colour me very intrigued indeed indeed Tim before I wrap this up plug just an insight slash an insight slash your band slash your photography slash your things so uh, if we're going socials uh, oh god I don't even know them off the top of my head Justin well we'll get alright Justin Insight Podcast available on all good podcast platforms uh, weekly podcast to find out about musicians in the world of alternative music we talk about the, their life and journey within music um, on Facebook it's just an insight and Twitter and Instagram is just underscore and underscore insight. Yep. Got nailed that one. <laughs> uh, if you want to see the sweet photos I take, it's on Instagram at Tim Birkbeck Photos. Uh, and Inside Magazine at the moment just has Facebook, so go look that up. Um, yeah. Oh, Divorcee. That's a band to keep an eye out on tw- in 2020 because we're going to finally have our full length record out. So, yeah, that's my band. You hear me do a bit of a screamy scream. Very excited to hear yeah. that. Um, I think that's everything. Cool. Well, I'm not going to plug my socials uh, because you know at this point, if you are a regular listener of the show, if you are indeed a first-time listener, then thank you very much. And do feel free to do things like join the Bitching Crew, uh, the official Facebook community for friends, fans, and listeners of Bitching Brew Podcast. It's very good. I, I'm part of it. Yes, uh, it's a lovely little community of, of good people, good dudes and dudettes and, and people who identified somewhere in between. <laughs> um, but um, you, uh, look, all my socials are in the description of this episode and every episode of, of Bitch and Brew. So just go and check them out by clicking in the link. I'm a terrible plugger. I no, hate doing good. this bit at the end because well, it's all unscripted. But uh, yeah, thank thank you so much. This has been so awesome to, to get back into the swing of things for the new year. 
Uh, and if you like what you've heard, then then please do subscribe on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are listening on the Apple Podcast, then feel free to give us a, a a good review. Five stars is preferable, but I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I deserve uh, what the uh, fuck it on the heel. <laughs> I deserve five stars. Uh, you know it. So uh, go and go and give me five stars and, and make me the five big time. five time <laughs> five time. <laughs> um, and um, and yeah, that's it. We're off to go and eat some falafel now, and it's going to be a very wholesome time indeed. It's, I'm looking forward to it. Right, let's wrap this up. Uh, I think it's time we remind everyone that this is Bitch and Brew Podcast. You are Tim Birkbeck. I am Tim Birkbeck. Uh, I'm Danny Randy. You, you are can go- Danny Randy. <laughs> um, and I think it's time to remind the world to be loud, be kind, and most of all, Tim... Be bitching. Yay! You remembered it this time. Yes. Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Yeah.